Hey friends, it's Andy. Welcome to our new show, Accelerate Expresso. Look, I mean, I know you're busy, and it's hard to keep up with all six of the great episodes we publish each week. So, with this show, Accelerate Expresso, we're going to deliver highlights from each episode from the previous week. And in the process, give you short, delicious shots of insight from a show you might have missed, and to help amp you up for the coming week. Now, before we jump into it, please remember to visit iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to subscribe to this podcast. And while you're there, leave a review, please, for Accelerate. We need your feedback to ensure that we keep delivering the high levels of value you expect. Okay, let's Expresso. First up on Expresso from episode 470 is Doug Sandler. Doug is a blogger, host of his own podcast called Nice Guys on Business, and author of the very good book, Nice Guys Finish First. Now, you probably sense a theme here with Doug. Being nice is the path to getting ahead in life and business. So what's so nice about being nice? Let's find out. Well, if you look at it as these are your goals, that this is my goal. I have a program called the Nice Guy 30, and and this program is as simple as forget what's on the other side. Forget the agenda. The agenda is for you to be nice. The, let's just say that you have this task list that you have to go through as a part of your as a part of your daily activities, and one of them is returning all your phone calls and others returning your emails, returning your text messages, being on time, over-promising and under-delivering has to be finished. You know, you got to exceed expectations um, and reach out twice a day to people that you haven't spoken to in 30 days. Those five or six things that I just mentioned, those are the action steps that you can go through in order to really create this environment of forget what you're getting in return. It's just what you're giving out because the reality of it is, and you just hit it on the head, is that do it without an agenda and and all of a sudden it becomes a lot more meaningful to you because you're trying to now accomplish some goals on your own. Yeah, and I think when we talk about in the sense of behaviors, then as, as people have to think about it context of habits, right? And, and, and this is certainly a, a popular topic these days is, you know, a habit is a process. You know, there's a trigger for a certain behavior. As you said, it could be looking at your to-do list that, you know, somebody that you need to contact that you haven't contacted for 30 days. And, you know, what, what process do you use then at that point? I mean, do you reach out to them? You know, what, what do you, what's your reward for having done that? Well, it's, it's that connection, Right, it's not yeah, necessarily I, that there's anything that happens, but your reward is you get a connection with another human being. Yeah, your sort of nice quotient goes up. I'll call it. I uh, I play this game with with audiences when I when I speak to them, and one of the things I do, I wrote this uh, this post called um, uh, "24 Seconds That Will Change Your Life," and it's probably one of one of my most uh, read and shared um, uh, posts that I've written in years. And the exercise is literally. The reason I call it 24 seconds, it takes the average person 12 seconds to send out a text message. So literally, you send out two text messages a day through your contact list of people you haven't spoken to in the last 30 days. And you're going to get one of three responses in return. One of them is, who is this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The other response is, uh, is everything okay? And the third response that you potentially could get back in, the one that we're really looking for is, hey, thanks for reaching out. You know, we need to get together. That's the gold. That's where it's all about. And you start to see the, the reaction of of uh, you know the cause and effect the cause of uh, of uh, sending out this this email the or this text message the effect of building a relationship and you start to see there's a definite relationship between being nice meaning sending out those messages every day and the effect which is starting to build that relationship even stronger than you already have if you 
you're getting responses from people like, who is this? That means you haven't contacted those. If you're getting responses <laughs> like, um, like, is everything okay? It means you're only reaching out to people in the event of an emergency in your life. But when you start to get those, hey, thanks for connecting with me, that's the one that you want everyone to be when you start to do this on a regular basis. I've been doing this for 15 years, many more than two text messages a day. And um, the response is always, Hey, great hearing from you, Doug. I'm glad you, you know, I haven't, haven't talked to you in about a month or two. That's, I'm, I'm happy you reached out to me. And now I get text messages. You know, you said something, I think, in our, in our pre-conversation about, but how can you, how do you stay, how do you keep yourself in that positive frame of mind? Or how do you stay optimistic all the time? The way I stay optimistic is even when I'm having my crappy days, because we all have crappy days, you know, the, the bills are mounting or this expense comes up or, or the kid is complaining about whatever. I get text messages all the time from people. Hey, Doug, hope you're having a great day, XOXO, because I've been doing it so long that people now do it back to me because they're just mimicking my behavior. So that's all a part of it. And then it, it just begets, it gets into this cycle of there's nothing but love and nice coming into my world. And that, for me, is what it's all about. It's building those relationships stronger and stronger. On Tuesday, on episode 471, I spoke with Christian Chivago, Christian's president at Cloud Potential and author of the book Roadmap to Revenue, How to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy. Now, this is a topic I've been exploring a lot recently on Accelerate, and there's a good reason for that. So catch this snippet, then I urge you to go listen to my entire conversation with Kristen. And I think of it as a, um, a gross assumption problem. That's what CAP stands for. <laughs> sitting I like that. Gross assumption problems. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, you're on. sitting inside a company, and as a revenue coach, I kept running into this, and now we've started a company to try to solve the problem for lots of people. But um, I would interview my client and ask them what they thought was important to their customer. And it was a list, 10 items or something. And then I'd go out and i interview the customers, and their list was completely different, always, every single time. And so I'd bring that reality back into the company and they would then be able to say, oh, golly, all this time we've been saying this is really important. Uh, in the case of software, for example, it's always the hardest thing that they had to develop. Uh, and so they think that's the most important. And the customer is like, yeah, everybody has that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It not be as elegant as what they, the company came up with, but they're just sort of nonchalant. And they'll say, what I really liked about this product, the, way I, what, the reason I really bought it was because of this. So it turns out that they've been promoting something, spending all their marketing money, sales and all that, promoting this thing that doesn't really matter to the customer. I can't tell you how many times, I mean hundreds of times, that was the most common situation. Next up in episode 472, I spoke with Perry Marshall. He's the best-selling author of 8020 Sales and Marketing, The Definitive Guide to Working Less and Making More. Now, he claims that almost every frustration you have in sales has something to do with ignoring the 80-20 rule. Well, as you might expect, we dig into this and talk about it in depth. So, check it out. Well, trust me, I was in the 80%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was. Uh, that's why I got fired from my job. Well, here, here's the biggest thing that I figured out. I figured out that Salespeople sell very, very differently from each other. You know, my boss at that first job, his name was Fred, and he was a really wonderful guy. I mean, I, I, I think the world of him. Um, he sold totally different from me. He was what I like to call a hostage negotiator. He was just one of these people who, 
you know, he could walk into any situation and without even probably having a script or any preparation, he would just start talking to the customer and they would start talking to him and he would work this magic. He could say offensive things without managing to offend them. He could levitate money out of their wallets. I, I like, I didn't know how he did it. And, you know, I'm this former engineer just kind of trying to study the guy and I, I just couldn't make any sense of it. Uh, well, what, what I've, figured out from literally 15 years of consulting with 300 different industries, thousands of companies. I've seen every kind of salesperson and marketer that you can imagine that, that there are all these different categories of salespeople. You know, there are the hostage negotiators, but you know, there's all, there's the storytellers. There, there's the people they'll, they'll just, they'll just start, telling you stories and, and using their words and plucking your heartstrings and, 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 uh, engaging with your emotions. There's other people they sell, they sell with numbers and proof and analytics and data and spreadsheets and graphs. There's other people like professional copywriters or video mm -hmm. editors. They'll, they'll sit in their cave and they'll hone and polish a sales message until it's absolutely pristine. And then they'll cast their net out there and they'll reel these people in. You realize how different that guy is from my friend, Fred, the hostage negotiator mm -hmm. like a totally different animal. And, and so I, I, I said, you know what? We need like a Myers Briggs test for how people sell. And it didn't exist, so I invented it, and it's called the Marketing DNA Test. And on our website, we sell it for 35 bucks. Inside 8020 Sales and Marketing, we have a backdoor link that'll get you for free. But it, it basically says, you're a hostage negotiator, or you're a copywriter, or you're a video editor. And, and, it, and it breaks all these things down. It's, it's extremely accurate. And what, what I found was I had to put myself in an optimal selling situation for how I sold. The reason my second job worked well and my first job didn't was the first job was designed for a cold calling hostage negotiator um, and like take you to the Bulls game, slap you on the back and buy you a drink kind mm -hmm, of sales guy. Mm -hmm. And I am not like that at all. I'm, I'm kind of analytical. I'm, I, I'm consultative. The, the, the new job, we had a website. I could sit there and I could test different things on our website. I could put information up there. I could put white papers up there. I could put charts and different things like that. And when people wanted to know more information, they would fill in the form. They would ask for information. And like two hours later, I'm exchanging emails with them or I'm talking to them on the phone. And I'm not having to convince anybody of anything because I'm positioned as a consultative helpful resource, you know, which is kind of another click on the sales dial. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I went from being the biggest loser to like, I remember about two months into this job, um, I were kind of late and the only people in the office were, were me and, and the owner of the company. And he's like, Perry, how, how do I keep you here? I'm like, what? I almost got, I got fired last time. He's like, no, like, you're good at this. Like you like these customers. They like you. This is obviously working. Like, I don't want to have to start this thing over with another sales guy. Like, how do we, how do we keep you around? And we ended up having this whole conversation over the next several months about, I ended up getting stock options and golden handcuffs. And, 
And three years later, the company got sold for $18 million and I got a piece and it was great. And it was so like when you, when you talk about, well, I'm a salesperson, but, or I'm a marketer, but I'm one, I'm in the 80% that are only getting 20% of the money. And I'm, you know, baked potatoes and salsa for dinner because I don't have any money. Um, I get it. And probably it's because you're trying to sell and persuade the wrong way with the wrong people. And you just need to match yourself, not, not only to sell the way that, that sells for you, but sell to people that buy the way you sell. In episode 473 on Thursday, I spoke with Stephen Benson. He's the founder and CEO of BadgerMapping.com. Badger Mapping is one of the top apps for route planning and scheduling to help your outside sales reps save up to 10 hours every week in busy work so they can focus on selling more. So we're talking about field sales for a change, so check it out. Technology has changed the job of inside sales much more than it has changed the job of outside sales. Um, And a lot of technologies, um, uh, they they make things more efficient, but they also add complexity uh, to the inside salesperson's life. I mean, you know, I you know, we're, we're a SaaS business and SaaS, you know, software companies of this nature tend to sell with inside salespeople. And the, and I, I think because maybe it's just because this is the industry investors know about, um, you know, the inside sales world, that's what, that's, what's gotten a lot of investment, but there's a million inside sales tools. Um, one of the bigger ones is called inside sales.com actually, but sure. Yeah, no, they, quite they, familiar with them. <laughs> there's uh, we, we almost named this company outside sales.com, but we were, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I liked the concept of animals. So, uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was more memorable on frontline Friday this week with my very special guest, Bridget Gleason. That's episode 474. We talk about how to avoid being a lazy and lousy interviewer of new sales hires. In fact, we asked the question, would you be better off just looking at the resume and not interviewing someone at all? Well, you'd be surprised what the research says about that. So check this out. Hiring. I know we've talked about this before, but can we talk about it again? Sure. I mean, you were just, we just talked about last last time. <laughs> we talked some about hiring. and Well, we talked we talk about it some more. We talked about interviewing. So, but yeah. All right, let's talk about some more. So here's what I bump up against. And so I'm, I'm going to give you the manager perspective. And again, I'm, I'm always interested to hear as well on the other side, because I, I want to understand that as well, that I interview a lot. I interview a lot of reps and I see on their LinkedIn profiles and I see uh, their resumes Good success, 110%, you know, President's Club. I see lots of, lots of great success. And I also know, Andy, that success in one company does not necessarily mean success in another company. Correct. And how do you, how do you test for that, for success at the company where you are. And I'll give you one more caveat. Mm-hmm. It's, I meet people who've had, uh, or they tell me, lots of sales training. Lots of training. Lots of, you know, programs have gone through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this method or that method. And as part of the uh, hiring process, we do have, either we're changing it up a bit, Um We've moved from really wanting them to do a presentation because I don't expect them to have domain knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it's really a discovery call. 
being a, just having a good, solid first call with a prospect. And oftentimes in that discovery call, Andy, I don't see any evidence of sales training and yet they've been successful and I don't think they're lying. Well, and I'm befuddled. I'm confused and befuddled. <laughs> Finally, we wrapped up the week, episode 475 with my friend Peter Winnick. He's the CEO of Thought Leadership Leverage. Peter comes back, joins me on the show for a second time. And we talk about personal branding. You know, it's not something that's just for thought leaders anymore. It's for you and it's for everyone in sales, anyone who faces a customer and has to influence them. Yeah, so I, I, I think if you go back in your, I don't know, it would be history books, but 20 years when sort of the personal branding movement or wave came out, you know, you're going back to the Fast Company and, and, and Tom Peters and a brand called You. And I think the concept there was stand out from the pack, right? Be a little bit different. Don't be a cog in the wheel. How do, how do you get others to notice you? But primarily uh, within the confines of a corporate environment, right? So look to your left at the cube and look to your right in your cube. How do you stand out a little bit? So some of the attributes of a personal brand might be you're reliable or you're someone I could, uh, I could count on or you've always got a fun story to tell or whatever the case may be. And I'm not anti-personal uh, brand, nor do I think you are, but I think uh, it's sort of table stakes today. And I don't think it's enough to differentiate given that if you look at where we are now versus where we were 20 years ago, I used to anxiously await the monthly arrival of my big, thick, fast company magazine uh, on my desk once a month. I don't know what I wait for once a month anymore. It's, right. it, you know, <laughs> the, the bills from American Express, but uh, right. you know, it's, it's, it's now, it's immediate gratification. It's, 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 you know, so, you know, to your point, um, influence or, well, you know, I would, I would probably use the term thought leadership uh, is, is, a way to enhance personal branding. So again, you could you could do all the personal branding you want, but what do you want your brand to be? And I, I always default towards thought leadership and say, what is it that you've got a perspective on uh, that you can share with others that will benefit them in what they do personally or professionally? So that's it, friends. Another excellent week of Accelerate, the world's best sales podcast. Please take 30 seconds right now. Go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review. I personally want to know what I can do to make this an even more valuable resource for you. For our regular listeners, I'll see you bright and early Monday morning. For everyone else, we'll see you again back here next week. Until then, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.